Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. A few years ago, several municipalities around here stopped glass recycling. So even though it's 100% reusable, it all went into the landfills. But the Pennsylvania Resource Council wants to change that. Earlier this year, they opened the first of several new drop-off facilities, and they're hoping it'll mean a lot more of our future waste gets back on the shelf. We're with Julie Grant. She's a reporter and editor with the Allegheny Front. It's Tuesday, September 6th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. So why is it cheaper at these drop-off sites rather than curbside pickup? Well, and I guess, who is it cheaper for? Yeah, I don't think... at the drop-off sites, there's no actual cost to, say, a consumer. You just go and drop it off at the bin. It's not going to cost you anything. I, right. You know, I was thinking about this a little bit. Um, there is, like, a cost of sort of unlearning something. So maybe, like, 10 or 20 years ago, we used to separate things at home. We had, like, separate bins for paper and glass and plastic. Oh, yeah. Right? And then at some point, to make things more convenient, and it, it happened at different times in different communities, but... They started what they call single stream, where you just threw it all into one big bin and put it out at the curb once a week or every other week, and it just got picked up. So I think with these drop-off bins, it's a bit of an unlearning. So I guess that is maybe a cost to the consumer. It's less convenient, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But in terms of actual monetary costs, I think what you're doing is saving costs for the haulers, right? Because there are costs of picking up the glass for them. But I think it is cheaper for them to stop picking up glass, which is why you've seen companies like Waste Management going to communities in in the South Hills and saying, you know, we're not going to pick up glass anymore. Right. So there are towns and and boroughs that have that stopped collecting glass a a while ago. Um, And is that in a lot of places, like just a few? And do you know how that decision kind of got made and why they stopped, honestly? Yeah, so the way I understand it, this was this was a decision made in 2018 for for many for something along the lines of two dozen communities, maybe just shy of two dozen communities in the South Hills, for example. Waste management decided, hey, we're this is, and I should say, waste management is the company that's been hauling their recycling and their trash. Said we're no longer going to pick up glass in the recycling mix, and so the communities just told their citizens, don't put your glass in the recycling anymore. And instead, people just started putting in their trash cans. Do you know why? Why? What's the big issue with them wanting to pick up glass in the first place or not wanting to? So the way this was described to me by Scott DeFife, he's president of the Glass Packaging Institute. You know, he kind of put it this way. If you think about it, when everything's thrown into a single stream, when you throw it all in there, it goes into kind of like a garbage truck, right? Where mm-hmm. it gets pressed with this very strong hydraulic press to compact it so that the truck drivers can pick up as much material as possible on a trip. Yeah. But that press breaks all the glass and the glass becomes like sort of shards that gets mixed in with all the other materials in there. So it gets caught up in the paper. It, and so it's bad for those materials. And then for Scott DeFife, who again is represents 
people who want clean glass, it's also bad for the glass, really, because it's all broken up. And when they try to sift it out in the sorting process after it gets back to the sorting facility, it's bad for the glass, right? Because it's all broken up and it gets mixed. Because it's small, it's hard to sift out all the small pieces of plastic that are in there as well. There, He showed me some pictures in a sorting facility, and this was even after going through two sorts. Uh. It still had, it was glass mixed in with little plastic bottle caps and straws and all these small pieces of plastic that they just couldn't quite sort out. Before 2017, 2018, I don't think that mattered that much because American trash or American recyclables were just being sort of packaged like that, compacted, and then shipped to China, where China was doing the unso- you know, the sorting process and dealing with it. But at some point in there, China decided they had enough trash. <laughs> they were not going to- yeah, they, they had enough on their plate. They don't need ours. Yeah. They, so they really severely limited how much of American recyclables they were going to take anymore, which is sort of, and it was made as a very quick decision in terms of like U.S. recyclers just didn't have much time to respond. And so that's kind of what got us into this mess where, or this position where, you know, companies like Waste Management said, well, what are we going to do that now we have to deal with this sorting process in a more real way? Were we sending our recyclables to China because there's just a lot of manufacturing over there? And realistically, they that that's where a lot of that, you know, reused materials can be repurposed or is there a reason why everything was going over there? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And when I first heard that we were shipping our trash to China, I was like you, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. I, I don't actually know, but I have to imagine that it was just cheaper for them to do that. It was just, um, they could compact it and just send it over there. I don't think actually that much glass from what I understand was being sent over because glass actually, is heavy, right? But it also has value here. So they would deal with it. And it was a cheaper way for us to deal with our recyclables, right? Sounds like very American. (laughs) Yeah, it's cheaper to send it to another continent than it is to deal with it here. I hadn't really thought about it until reading your piece, but the contracts, like some of these companies pick up both recycling and trash. So are they pretty much happy no matter where the materials go? How do those contracts work? Say you're a company, you could own both the landfill and the sorting facility for recyclables. And so then again, you have some glass come in. And as we mentioned before, that can create a problem for other recyclables because of the glass shards it creates when it's broken in the compacting process and gets embedded in the paper and things like that, like we mentioned. But at the same time, over at your landfill, anything that goes to the landfill it's like they get paid by weight, the tipping fee. Mm. And glass is heavy, right? So if the glass is getting moved, instead of messing up your recyclables, it's getting creating like more money on your on your landfill side. They have an incentive for the glass to go in the landfill, I, I would think. Do you like to dance? Look at 
beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch, well mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm, because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. So what are you hearing from people? Should recycling be regulated? Like gas and water and other utilities? This is what Scott DeFife, again, he's president of the Glass Packaging Institute, who I spoke with. This is what he's pushing for. He's like looking at Pennsylvania, and he actually grew up in Cannonsburg. He said, or his parents grew up in Cannonsburg, so he knows the area. He's He says, look, all these small municipalities, everyone has to negotiate their own contract with a waste hauler. So the way Pennsylvania state law works is in order to be a recycling company, you have to recycle at least three products. So you might include glass in those three, but you could just say, I just want paper, metal, and plastics. And you only have to choose maybe a type of plastic, you know, and that's enough. And so then when you go to the municipalities and say, hey, these are the th- we have a contract with you. This is what we will pick up. If they are the only company that's offering to haul your materials, each of these small communities doesn't really have that many options. They have to take what's given to them. And if the hauler that's available says, we're not going to take the glass, you don't really have a choice. you got to take the deal. Whereas Scott DeFife's argument is, if we were working more regionally or if there was more regulation like a gas utility um, or a water utility where you said you have to have standards for what goes in the landfill, higher standards for what's going in the landfill, and you can negotiate these contracts in a larger picture. So like regionally, let's negotiate our recycling contracts that you get, you can do smarter things for your communities and for the environment. Yeah, and with the landfills, like my friends are convinced the recycling doesn't matter and it all ends up in a landfill anyways. <laughs> I hope that's not true. But is there any truth to that? Yeah, so Morgan, I think you're bringing up, <laughs> like I go through this at home too. I don't live actually in the Pittsburgh area, but you know, I feel like hypocritical when I'm having my kids sort the recyclables also because... I've I've worried about this. My understanding is that it does go to the recycling center. And in Pittsburgh, you know, like 90% of it is actually recycled. Like, so it goes and it gets sorted. So they have uh, sifters and things that will take, you know, the glass and put it here and the plastics will go there and the paper will go there. Now, what happens to it after that, you know, I don't really know. In terms of the glass and what I think that we've learned through this reporting is 
that even if it's less convenient for us to separate out the glass for the communities that are starting to have to take their glass and put it in drop-off bins, if people actually do that, that's like a much more clear system that actually makes the commodity of glass. It doesn't break down in the environment, but it's endlessly reusable to make new, beautiful glass products every time. Like, it, like So I don't think it's a bad thing that people are starting to have to sort again, if people actually do it. Well, yeah. And is there anything we can do or should do to be better at recycling? Pittsburgh still has the single stream again where everybody's putting everything into one bin. So they're asking that food be cleaned off items and label. I don't know if they say that, but labels taken off, folding down cardboard boxes, not putting in things that don't belong there. Um, So looking at like the numbers on them. And again, I think in communities where they have glass drop off sites or are starting to get them, you know, separating out the glass and, you know, it's not nothing to like take the time and drop off your recyclables. But if you make it part of your schedule, I think that is one way because, you know, just to make the climate pitch for glass, you know, making original glass is carbon intensive, but using recycled glass is not. And so there is a real climate benefit there. Julie Grant is a senior reporter for the Allegheny Front. You can hear them on 90.5 FM every Friday at 7.30 p.m. and Saturdays at 4 p.m. And it's also a podcast. You can find it all at AlleghenyFront.org. Thank you so much, Julie, for your time. Thanks, Morgan. A little more news before you go. Pittsburgh won a $63 million federal grant to help local businesses invest in technology. It's part of President Joe Biden's Build Back Better Challenge. The grant will focus on helping smaller businesses incorporate robots and AI and training the workers to use it all. The group pledged to invest heavily in communities of color and former mining communities. And Pennsylvania residents with criminal cannabis convictions have until the end of the month to be pardoned. If you've been convicted of possession, you can apply online. It's completely free. Applications have to be received, though, by September 30th. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Find us on social at CityCastPGH. And as always, subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll talk to you then. (laughs) It's like I'm like, it's like, like running out of gas. I need like one more big, big chug. Okay.